0: Well, good afternoon, everyone. This is Stuart Crawford with Bulletproof Business Radio here. Another Friday, another great episode of our weekly podcast, webcast, for entrepreneurs and business owners right here in Alberta and across the world, uh, streaming, to us, uh, streaming out live on blogtalkradio.com for all of us to enjoy. Bulletproof Business Radio is brought to you by Bulletproof Infotech, the leader in managed IT services for Alberta a small business, Check this out online at bulletproofit.ca. We've got a wonderful program ahead of us today. I have my good friend Steve Wilkinghoff, who just released um, a new book called Found Money uh, Simple Strategies for Uncovering Hidden Profit and Cash Flow in Your Business. And Steve joins us on the line. I think on his mobile today. Steve, how are you doing, my friend?
1: I'm excellent, Stuart. How are you today, buddy?
0: I'm doing great. Doing great. So, where does, where does your travels take you to today?
1: I am actually uh spending a few days camping with the family. So
0: Excellent, so a little bit of R and R and uh now I feel kinda guilty taking away on your on your holidays to come and join us on our program today.
1: Well, you know how it is when you own a business, sometimes you have to do those things, so that's fine. I don't mind Exactly.
0: It. Exactly. So Steve we I gave a quick intro about your book. Is it uh is it released now?
1: It is released, it is uh it's shipped out to bookstores. It is Available online at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Indigo, Chapters, starting on Monday, August twenty fourth, and uh, so it's officially released.
0: Great. So, Found Money: Simple Strategies for Uncovering Hidden Profit and Cash Flow in Our Businesses. Well, you know what, Steve? That's got to be a hot topic. I think a lot of businesses, especially, you know, given the um, the economic situation we found ourselves into today, are really starting to look for those uh, those hidden dollars that may be lurking. Way down in our business somewhere that, uh, or or even that leakage of money in our businesses, and trying to figure out where it's going. Uh, give us a quick, interdu- give us a quick inter- introduction about yourself, your background, because I know you come from a very interesting background. Uh, kind of an accountant with a marketing kind of mix. It's really interesting when I when you were in Calgary uh, a couple weeks ago talking. But uh, for those listeners, uh, give us a quick introduction about who who you are and uh, and what you do.
1: Sure, um, I'm an I'm a chartered accountant by training. And uh, for years, I had a practice of my own dealing with small businesses. Um, and, you know, my motivation for getting into chartered accounting originally was I've always had a love of business, and it was a great way to see a whole bunch of different businesses. I was never really uh, you stereotypical accountants who actually liked doing a whole bunch of, of uh, balancing uh, checkbooks and stuff. And every time I would sit down and talk to clients about their financial statements, I would always want to find out more about their businesses. And it always came back to two themes. one, they wanted to talk about marketing, going out and getting more sales, more clients, et cetera. But I always saw there was a link between the financial results and whenever the business owners would talk about their business, there was a real gap with how they were going to make a financial result happen. They would go out do things, measure the results after the fact and um, and you know by then it's too late. it's already happened. and so I kind of developed this what I call you know, I was always a marketer in accountant's clothing, and uh, it's a pretty neat combination. It's uh, a lot of fun for me, and it, it seems like it helps a lot for small businesses. It's almost
0: as unique as a marketer and an IT technician's clothing.
1: Yeah, so kindred spirits.
0: Yeah, exactly. So tell us about, uh, you know, see what are some of the challenges you're seeing when you're sitting down with small business owners today, especially when it comes to, uh, you know, managing, you know, the finances of their business? You know, where where what are they doing right, and where can they uh, le- use a little bit of help?
1: I'll start with what are they doing right? I mean, you know, I I talk to businesses around the world, I I travel and I speak, and the one thing I'm finding is the world hasn't fallen off a cliff like the media has us believe. So business owners are doing a lot of things right. They're still out there. They're still selling things. Maybe not as crazy as it was, but they're still functioning. Um, What I'm finding, and to be honest, this has been the case for years, most business owners really don't understand that profit and making money in their business is a process. So by definition, a process is a series of activities that produces an outcome, which means if they understand that, they can change what goes on in their business and change the outcome, meaning changing their financial results. And so, kind of, business, sorry.
0: So, so kind of like, uh, you know, I love, revert to like your own health of a, uh, of yourself, you know, every once in a while we've got to go see the doctor or see a chiropractor or whatever and get a minor adjustment. Same thing has to happen in our business, correct?
1: Absolutely. A lot of my initial work, when I, when I first start talking to a client or they first phone me or email me, what they're really looking for is exactly that. And I even call it, it's, it's a checkup and a diagnosis, you know. You've got to start with finding out how your business has been trading the financial results you've been getting all these years. And that's different than just reading a set of financial statements. Right. I'm talking about peeling back the layers of the onion, finding out really what customers are, do you really make money on. And it's shocking. An awful lot of customers, a lot of businesses have actually, where the business owner thinks they generate revenue, actually generate nothing but costs and lose the money. And the same with the product and service level. And So, you know, you really have to diagnose at that level. It's, it's like going into the doctor again and saying, I don't feel well. The doctor doesn't just start throwing medicine at you. Run some tests and tries to peel back the onion and figure out, okay, why aren't you feeling well? Where are things going wrong?
0: So, Steve, what, I'm, you know, what I hear there is sometimes it's uh, what, you're, well, what you're advising us is sometimes those clients that end up costing us money, we should just look at streamlining our process and how we deal with them, or if we, if we can't do that, just simply uh, maybe just get rid of them and, and move on to the next one?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, you hit it on the head. There's a real decision tree there. A customer might not be making you money for a couple reasons. One, maybe you you haven't taken the time to price properly and to figure out exactly how much money you need to price something at to make an adequate return. Another way a customer can cost you money is if your processes and your systems make it so that you're incurring too much time or what I call is work in progress. Everything you do in your business has a cost. So by the time you figure out the whole cycle of interaction of dealing with a particular customer, your systems and processes might make it not profitable. In cases like that, the fix is going inside your business, tweaking things, testing things, and streamlining your processes so that customer can make money. There are some cases where customers just don't make money because they refuse to pay the price or they don't fit with you, what I call they don't have a good resonance score with your business. They don't resonate with you. And in those cases... You know, sometimes you just have to suggest those customers go to your competitors. I like to say, you know, one of the best things you can do is populate your competitors with your crafty clients, and uh, it's a pretty good competitive strategy.
0: Yeah, I uh, I like that too. I think that's a great uh, a great approach. Is uh, you know, give the headaches to those uh, that are uh, competing against you, so they can waste all their time and spin their wheels uh, chasing after those uh, those clients that you know that caused us to exhibit that behavior. But Steve, do you find that way too many business owners are, like, hold on to those uh, type of clients for uh, you know for longer than they should?
1: Absolutely, uh, they, they totally do. And I've become convinced over the years, and I, I know it from from businesses I've, I've worked with and consulted with. They hold on because of their fear, and the fear stems from not knowing exactly how a customer, how a product makes money for the business, and also not knowing what they have to do specifically to create the financial result they want. So because there's this, most business owners view their financial results as a black box, right? I do a bunch of stuff and hopefully I produce the financial result I want. And because they that great unknown, it's like a child walking into a darkened room, they're scared to let go of anything that creates them revenue when most cases that's exactly what they need to do. They need to identify what's costing them money whether it's a customer or a product or service, and change it or get rid of it and focus on the stuff that makes them the money, they end up working less, having less stress, less overhead, and get the money they want and the financial result they want. But it's that fear of the unknown that keeps them holding on to the customer. You know, well, if I let this customer go, I'll lose the revenue. You know what? If it's revenue that's actually costing you money, good riddance. Get rid of them.
0: Well, that's one of the things, uh, Steve. Uh, you know, I, was, I went to a seminar problem by Harbecker a couple years back, and he was mentioning in there that a lot of business owners measure success of their business on the top line revenue, and they you know they say if they can just do more revenue they'll be better off. I think you know, and I think you know a number of business owners I talked to say, well, that's not 100 percent true. You can sell a million dollars, but if your costs of doing business are nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars, well, you know, guess what? You only made a dollar, and you're not making any money.
1: And, and you know. To go further on that, when I deal with clients and I, I, I consult with them, I actually, to me, revenue is the last thing the business owner needs to worry about. Because, my viewpoint, you know, revenue really is an aggregate number. There's nothing you can do about revenue. You need to start at the bottom, figure out what financial result you want out of your business. That means how much money you personally want as the owner. That means what kind of infrastructure does your business need. If you only want to work a three day work week, great. That means you have to hire a manager, so figure out that kind of infrastructure cost. And then you build up and say, now, based on that, what products and services do I need to sell? How much do I have to sell them? And how many do I have to sell? As soon as you've got that nailed, now you can go out and say, now, which specific customers do I need more of? Which do I need to sell more of my products and services to? And at the end of the day, you've now taken what used to be a black box of financial results and you've set specific targets and activities to the point where you know every single day if you've had this many customers come through or you've talked to this many prospects, you're going to create the revenue you want and the margin you want until you get the financial results. So, so begin, revenue, with the end in,
0: begin with the end in mind. Is that what you're saying?
1: Absolutely. And, I mean, and Harv Eker hits it right on the head, too. Top line is irrelevant. I mean, I've seen businesses over the years that have millions in revenue and don't make any money. And in my book, I have some examples, you know, some pretty high-profile public companies. You know, I talk about the myths of how do you make money. You don't make it by getting customers. You don't make it by having revenue. You, you make it by doing all those things in a way that makes you the money you want. And most business owners are that mistaken yes. assumption that top-line revenue drives it all. It doesn't. Not at all. So,
0: Stephen, in your presentation, you talked about, the, you know, the infrastructure in place. Now, there's lots of different infrastructure. You know, for me, as an IT person, I would look at infrastructure in your computer systems and all that other stuff, but you kind of laid it out a different way. Um, You know, how important is it to have that underlying infrastructure set up from day one or at least have the boxes on the org chart, uh, you know, having like a controller, CFO, COO, those type of positions laid out at day one? In a perfect world, you'd have them laid out at day one
1: because – you know, in in any business, you've got whether you want it or not, multiple roles. You've got the CEO role, the, you know, the chief executive officer, which sets the business strategy. Then you've got the chief marketing officer, CMO, which is the role that goes out, tries to get customers in. And you've got the COO or chief operating officer role, which does the work. And in most businesses, that's the owner in a lot of cases. And then you've got all these other boxes and. One of the missing circles that most business owners have is what's called the CFO or the Chief Financial Officer. And I'm not talking about bookkeeping. I'm not talking about accounting. Those are roles, you know, every, good, every business needs a good bookkeeper. They need a great accountant. But the CFO role is a very specialized role. And in Fortune 1000 companies, you know, that role essentially links strategy and everything else that goes on in the business to the financial results. That's what I'm talking about with the Found Money System and in the book and what we're talking about on this call. You know, The business owner needs to know, if I go out and try to market, that's great, but who am I marketing to, what do I want that customer to look like, and what do I want them to buy, and why? Meaning, linking it back to the CFO role and the financial outcome of your business. You know, When we talk small business, they're not public companies. The reason every small business exists, quite frankly, and sometimes I get criticized for this, but it's to make money, and I don't mean that in the mercenary, greedy way. You know, if you own a small business, in most cases, that's your livelihood, and that's your risk because you have personal risk on the line, and that thing darn well better make money for you so that you can enjoy your dream lifestyle, whether that's working three days a week and getting a couple weeks of vacation, which most business owners don't. They become what I call takers. They work in their business nonstop. They try stuff nonstop. They take whatever little money the business will give them, they take vacation when they can. They take a day off when they can. You know what? It's never, ever enough. A business owner needs to become a trader, not a traitor, but a trader saying, I'm willing to commit this much time and effort. I'm going to do this. But in return, I expect my business to give me this much money and this type of lifestyle. Now you so it's a, it's, a, so you're, it's
0: a little bit different than, you know, like, business, like the first example is somebody really just bought themselves a job versus right. buying themselves a lifestyle.
1: Absolutely. It's like, you know, on the cover of the book, you'll see there's actually a, a picture of a GPS. And the significance of that is it's like a financial GPS system. You think when you rent your car at the airport and you get in, the first thing your GPS system does is calibrate where you are now. Okay? That's the diagnosis and the checkup we talked about earlier. Then you punch in where you want to go to. And sadly, most business owners have never thought that through. They think it's wrong to say, I want my business to make money and I want to make $100,000 or two hundred or $300,000 a year. But you don't need to set those things up. Once you've done that, like your GPS system, it can calculate the steps in between. That's what you can do with the found money system. The beauty of that is now you know specifically where to turn, what to do, and if you miss a turn, guess what? Because you've got the GPS calibrated, you just reconnect, recalculate where you have to go, and you keep driving. Okay, so I missed that turn. I'll go down and I'll take the next turn. So you're always in control of where your business is going.
0: So that makes a lot of sense to me, Stephen, you know, as being in business. By the way, this is Stuart Crawford on uh, Bulletproof Business Radio. We're chatting with Steve Wilkinghoff, the author of Found Money. Uh, simple Strategies for Uncovering Hidden Profit and Cash Flow in Our Business. Uh, just released, uh, as a, I think, available on Monday from Barnes & Noble's chapters and uh, leading bookstores uh, across the globe and We're talking about uh, ways to uh, find money in our businesses and different strategies. So, just to recap, Steve, we, you know, we we talked about the entrepreneurs who who have got it, you know, bought themselves a job or small business owners have bought themselves a job, and then there's the distinct differences between those that have a, a you know the taker. I love that approach, and then some of the key positions. But you know, you're a marketer, and you talked briefly about marketing at the beginning here. But you know, where does all of this line up? And you know. Maybe there's a little bit outside of the scope, but do you find uh, a lot of business owners are are trying to do too much today and not and not trusting
1: others? In a lot of ways, yeah. You know, there there's a lot of mistrust out there, and owners are trying to do too much. And again, I think it gets back to gets back to the fear. You know, one of the things I always like to talk about is what I call quick failing or failing quickly. You know. If you know what targets your business has to achieve, as a marketer, you can try all sorts of things because you know within a day, within a week, if that next marketing tactic produced the target you wanted. If it did, great. If it produced the customers of the type you wanted, if it sold the products you wanted at the price you wanted, perfect. If it didn't, you know within a week. You don't have to wait for it to flow through your financial statements and see at the end of the quarter or the end of the year. So
0: So like keeping your finger on the pulse all the time.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like, um, I mean, a historical financial statement is, for an accountant, it's great, right? For tax reporting, it's great. For a bank, it's great because it shows what happened over a period of time. The fact is, though, for the business owner, a financial statement isn't nearly as useful as people like to believe. because Think about what happens. The time something shows up on a financial statement, the time it shows up as revenue, or the time it shows up as a cost of goods sold and a gross margin and an expense, it's already happened because that's the way the accounting system measures it. So if you haven't achieved the financial result you wanted or you haven't hit a financial target you want, it's too late to do anything about it. The only way to get in front of that curve as the business owner is to be able to say, I know I have to sell... 10 of product A to 15 of customer B, and therefore, you know, like I was doing some consulting with a dentist, and we were talking about this last, or last week when you and I were talking, Stuart, I think. You know, he's got it drilled down to where he knows to achieve his objectives, he needs to sell a certain number of root canals in a day. And, I mean, that doesn't mean he sells it when he, when he doesn't need it, but he knows at the end of that day, am I on target to meet my financial results? So he knows by the activities if he's on target. So that clarity—that's amazing. And once you have that as a business owner, you know, you'll—you'll. You'll, financial statements are a mere formality because you already know how you've done and how you are doing.
0: So I've been uh, reading uh, recently, Steve, uh, mastering the Rockefeller habits, and it, it was talking exactly about this type of uh, thing that you're mentioning. Is you know, real-time reporting is uh, so much better than historical reporting. But, we, you know, I, I, as business owners, I, I see a lot of my peers, are, they're always living in the past. So, you mean, how do you make that transition?
1: I think there's a couple of steps. One, you have to realize there's a better way. You know, I think most small business owners have fallen, been seduced by the lie, not even the lie so much, but they've never been shown an alternative, right? I mean, you know, at the core of our business, you know, we're – the plumber, we're the electrician, we're the accountant, we're the IT guy. And so we've always relied on financial professionals to give us financial reports and financial statements, and no one's ever showed us how to connect what goes on in the business to how the result gets created. And it's not the accountant's role. It's not the accountant's fault that no one's ever been shown, because the accountant's role really is to make sure your historical financials are accurate. So the first step is knowing there is a better way, And then, really, it's not hard to set those systems up. If you start tracking in your business and you know the things you need to do, you know, most businesses, the old saying about they're data-rich and information-poor is so accurate. Whether you have a computerized system or a manual system, there is data in your business, you know, I can sit down with you for a half day or a day, and there's data there that you didn't even realize you had. And, And that's what business owners have to realize. And once you start capturing that and using it, it's like I was liking it to the the old Wizard of Oz. So I'm dating myself a little bit, but, you know, it starts out in black and white, and then, you know, it flies to the Wizard of Oz, and Dorothy opens the door, and suddenly the whole screen turns into color. That's how it is once you have that perspective on your business. The world just changes, and you have a whole new way of looking at it.
0: So one of the things that we do here at Bulletproof, uh, Steve, is we belong to a peer group, and in there we do some financial benchmarking, uh, comparing ourselves against the best of class in our industry against our peers, uh, and looking where dollars are leaking from our business. Do you recommend to business owners to go and uh, source out those type of groups where they can compare themselves against the best of class and maybe non-competing geographies uh, and really see what other people are doing and how they can improve their systems and processes and maybe offer advice to their peers?
1: Absolutely. I mean, no one has a lock on good ideas. and. You know, it's always nice to get a peer group, A, to compare yourself to it, because you may be totally satisfied with your performance until you compare yourself to a peer group and realize that you're at the bottom of that group, which means you could be doing that much better. And as well as just the ideas and the richness of having other perspectives and other people, you know, talk about your business. Um, Yeah, those things are very powerful.
0: So comparing and in comparing yourselves, um, I always look back to the story when I was in the Army, Steve, uh, we are doing a, a live fire exercise in southwestern Manitoba, and, you know, we got all the instructions of where and all the angles and the ranges and all that, and one young fella looked down the gun line and saw one barrel a little higher than the others, manually adjusted. Of course, long story short, everybody else had the target this one fell short. Uh, you know, relating back to business, you know, do you see uh, a number of business owners just, tweaking things on the fly and then getting totally off base. Now, what would you recommend to a business owner in a situation like that where they're going to run off and say, Steve, I'm going to try this real quick and I'll come back?
1: Well, the the thing is, before they do any tweaking in their business, because you're right, a lot of them do tweak on the fly, they have to realize that small tweaks, like your example of the artillery, often have a big result at the end. You know, the uh, case there, you know, almost always when I sit down with the client, you know, when we talk about things like gross margin. They'll say, "Oh well, you know, I targeted, pick a number, 58% gross margin. I hit 57. That's pretty close." And you know what? They don't realize, although it's only one percent, which sounds small, depending on their volume, that can be ten, twenty, a hundred thousand dollars lost profit. Right? So it's those small little tweaks sometimes are great to do. I'm a fan of them if you can instantly compare them to what they should be. And if you haven't laid that groundwork, first of all, to know what your targets are, tweaking becomes dangerous because it's like you're changing too many things and you don't know what caused one what anymore. So really what I'm,
0: saying, what I'm hearing from you is it's really come down to uh, is doing things one at a time and then measuring the results and then going back and, and looking at it again. So test, measure, adjust.
1: Absolutely. It's, it's no different than you know, the scientific method that we all learned about in, in grade 7 and grade 9 where you form a hypothesis you test it, you do your results, and you confirm or disprove your hypothesis. But the scientific method, like in business, depends on changing only one variable at a time. So if something changes, you know what caused it. You know, we, we've for too long, people have treated business as it's an art. And there is some art in business, but there's a heck of a lot more science than people will admit. And, or, a ho- or a hobby, right? Or a hobby, yeah. And people have to realize, you know what? This is serious. You've got to treat it like a science. And if you treat it like a science, I'm not t- thinking about making it cold and impersonal. I'm just saying be scientific about where your business is going, and you'll get the results you want.
0: So, Steve, in our last uh, five minutes or so that we have here on our, on our show, um, say I'm a brand-new uh, coaching uh, client for you or somebody you just met on the street, and you had to give me three uh, important tips to take away. Uh, what would those three tips be?
1: First tip is get a real handle on the financial results your business has been creating. You know, do a checkup or a diagnosis. Do an analysis. Figure out what customers and products are making you money and which aren't, you know, historically. That gives you a good target. Then get very clear about the financial results you really want out of your business. And then peel back the onion and figure out specifically what products and services and what customers and what activities are going to let you get to those targets. You know, those three things, you just do them over and over, and your business will continue in an upward spiral.
0: So, and it's only, it's, like it's a repeatable process, or something you can do, uh, you know, quarterly, uh, semi-annually, and annually, and then uh, over a longer period of term. Uh, you know, always okay. testing and measuring.
1: Absolutely, you know, it should be continual as much as possible. It should be weekly or monthly or quarterly, and you continue to do it. You're right because, you know, it becomes profit is a process. So to manage the outcome of that process, you have to manage the activities that go on in, and you have to be on top of them.
0: And you to steal a, steal, a, steal a line from Jack Canfield, you know, the more you repeat it, then it becomes a habit, you just start, you just start doing it uh, without even thinking about it.
1: Absolutely. You know, and too many business owners have the habit of just flipping it on their head where they, you know, I call it the, <clears throat> the fire-ready aim, you know, it's, it, they shoot bullets, shoot bullets, shoot bullets, which is the equivalent of doing activities in their businesses. Then suddenly they look and say, "Well, where's the target? Oh, there it is. Did I hit it? No. You know, and and that's backwards. They need to get ready like a sniper, focus in on their target, know what they have to do to hit it, and then and then take the activity and then shoot and then fire.
0: Great, and I love I love, I love that slide that you do in the in the slide deck too. That's that's amazing. It's One of those slides you have to see in person to truly appreciate it. (laughs) So, so Steve, you got this new book coming out uh, in uh, on Monday. You can uh, advance order it already online, I I do believe. Tell us a little bit about the book. Tell us a little bit about the book. Uh, What was the inspiration behind it? And I guess you had a a special uh, uh, world renowned author uh, write the foreword for you as well. Yeah,
1: the book was. The impetus was I basically wrote it originally as a workbook for a seminar I was going to do and then realized, you know, I think a lot of business owners don't understand this perspective that I had as unique perspective as an accountant and a student of business and marketing. And I was lucky enough, I had sent it to a few famous authors um, who I thought it complimented. And so Michael Gerber who wrote the e and formed e-myth worldwide. Um, actually got quite excited. And he, you know, he says in the thousands of businesses he's seen over the years, Less than 1% of the businesses truly understand the financial end of their business. So he was excited. He wrote the foreword for the book, and uh, he's actually partnered up with me in a company we formed that we're going to basically license consultants to deliver the found money system uh, globally going forward here through the fall, Uh, as well as Jay Conrad Levinson, who wrote Guerrilla Marketing. Um, He took a look at the book. He's written me a, a great endorsement. Uh, Michael Port, who wrote Book Yourself Solid and Beyond Book Solid and Think Big Manifesto, he's a fan, and he's written an endorsement on the back of the book as well. So it's uh, you know, I've been lucky to connect with some of these people as well as, I guess, honored in that they see something in my work that they feel to need out there uh, from all the businesses they see.
0: Great, Steve. Awesome. I'm going to touch basically on that afterwards about uh, getting to know some of these guys. We're out of time, Steve. Really want to appreciate you taking some time out of your uh, vacation to come and talk with us today.
1: Hey, not a problem. Happy to, Stuart.
0: And if you want to find out more about Steve, you can visit his website at com, and all his contact information is up there. I want to thank uh, you for tuning in to Bulletproof Business Radio today and uh, check back often at radio.bulletproofit.ca. To find out who's uh, coming up on the show next, and uh, we're on here every um, try to get on here every Friday here on uh, Blog Talk Radio. Thanks again to Steve. Thanks again for all of you for uh, tuning in this week, and we'll look forward to uh, talking with you again real soon.